Welcome to Conversation with a Chef. I'm Joe Ritty and I want to take you into the kitchens of great restaurants so you can get the backstory to the food the chefs are putting up. Today's conversation is another one from Christchurch, Alex Davies from Gatherings. When I went into Gatherings, Alex apologised for the mess, saying it had been a big night the night before. It wasn't messy and I loved the way Alex's eyes lit up as he described giving over his space to Mitchell Tierney and Josh Hunter for their dinner, Know the Whakapapa, or origin and story, of your kai, food. A celebration of traditional Māori food, storytelling and wisdom. Alex himself is all about provenance, basing his plant-based and seafood menu, as well as his wine list, on produce and wines from the Canterbury region. I ate here the other night and it was an absolute delight. Dishes such as yakitori potato and braised cabbage, cured yolk, mustard, porcini, echo the season in the region and were delicious. Lucky Christchurch. So, you know, you were saying that you're originally from the UK. Yeah. And, but that you just were a child there, or like what's, what was the... No, I lived there when I was like 20. Oh, okay. Yeah. So did you do your chef training there? No, I did it here. Okay. I did it as a way to make friends, because I was 20 years old, and my parents moved to the other side of the world, and I'd followed them a couple of years after they'd moved here. So I wanted to make friends, so I enrolled in a chef's course to meet people. And did that work? Yeah, I've got friends now. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, was there anything else that sort of drew you to it? Because it's quite a hard, can be a hard industry uh, to get into in terms of long hours and pressure. Yeah, I enjoyed cooking. And um, as a kid, I wanted to be a chef, but I had that kind of, my friend's mum kind of told me I shouldn't do it. And so I kind of forgot about that dream and wasn't until I started doing it again that I kind of had that memory of, of that that was a thing that I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you went through, the poly- through Polytech and did it that way, yeah? Yeah. And then um, I think it's recently changed, hasn't it, that you, that it's all just at Polytech and, because I remember I've got a friend, you know, friends, the reason I started a conversation with the chef is my friend was a um, head chef for a long time and she always had amazing things to say about food and cooking and so on. Yeah. But she was just saying, I caught up with her the other day, that things have changed now, so it's all kind of coursework and that you don't have to do the stuff in the restaurants. I don't know where, where you were at with... Did you... Part of your apprenticeship was in restaurants or...? Yeah, we did, like, a, um, like a couple of weeks in, in this cafe called Under the Red Veranda is where I went. Mm. It was nice, kind of, like, yeah, kind of soulful kind of cafe. It's lovely there, yeah. yeah. And beautiful garden and so on as well. Yeah. yeah. So it's quite nice that they put me into a place like that. But it was only a couple of weeks, and the rest of it was all kind of stuff on site in the, mm. in the kitchens. Because it's quite different, isn't it, when you're working actually in the place? Oh, it's very different, yeah. Like, I, I, after a year of the course, I decided not to carry on with my second year and just kind of just to be working full-time because I've got a good job, and I found I was learning a lot more on the job. I think it was a nice start, and it got my foot in the door, but... Yeah. Yeah. So where did you go? What was that place? It was called the Twisted Hop. Oh, um, yeah. They were kind of like pioneers in the city of, of the craft beer mm. culture. And yeah, it was yeah. cool. Yeah. Learned lots about craft beer and food and beer pairings, which was really interesting because I'd never even thought about that. No, that is interesting. How do you pair? Is it in a similar way? Like you think about flavour flavor profiles and so on? Yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because craft beer as well can be so complex. Um, that you can get some really, really cool pairings. Occasionally we'll do it here. Um, 
with the wine parents and stuff and then we'll slip in if we've got a really interesting beer we'll kind of slip that in because I think yeah there's some beers that are, so, that are just as interesting and just as complex as wine yeah that's right it's sort of really amazing now all the things people are doing it's um you know in Melbourne as well you can notice all these so many breweries have popped up like this little urban breweries and yeah 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 Christchurch there's lots of them it's a surprise mm. but it's yeah something that's here and it's yeah it's a good thing yeah and um, so then you were saying with the advent of the earthquake that you went back to the UK for a bit. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to go there and experience it as a kind of proper adult, you know, because I'd left and, and I was studying and I'd never kind of worked there and, or, or even cooked there professionally. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I went back to, to London after the earthquakes. Mm, and you worked in kitchens? Yeah, yeah, I worked at this um, beautiful little deli in, in Primrose Hill um, where I cooked kind of in front of everyone and presented um, food out across this um, big big banquet. Um, the executive chef who, who I worked kind of under there had, had worked at St John and so a lot of her philosophy and ideas came from that kind of beautiful simplicity and she would kind of come in every couple of weeks and run through with me what we were doing and, and what the thought was around it and kind of tweak ideas and stuff and yeah she was awesome yeah, yeah. so is that where you would say you got a lot of your um, I don't want to say ideas from but um, maybe inspiration for the way that you cook now or did, was that already latent in you and she ignited that um, it kind of was it was cool working with someone who'd had that experience in, in that restaurant and had that relationship with that restaurant um but, you know, a few years prior when I was a kind of young chef and thinking that fine dining and, like, molecular gastronomy, which it was, which was, like, the thing at the time, was, um, I thought that was, you know, what you had to aspire to be if you wanted to be a good chef. And I went over to the UK and, and went to the Fat Duck, and it was awesome. It was a really incredible experience. But someone also suggested whilst I was there that I go and see St John and go and experience that. And I went in there and... Um, and I had some of the best food I'd ever eaten in my life and it was this beautiful, like stripped back, delicious food. And, and that, that was a huge eye-opener for me that you can take as much pride in making the best bacon sandwich I've ever had in my life as you can doing a million things on a plate and making these beautiful little ornate dishes. Yeah. Um, they, can be, they can be just as strong as one another and, and that was that was a good eye-opener for me when I experienced that. So then, yeah, to be working with someone who had been involved in that as well definitely helped um, strengthen that, that idea. Mm. Yeah. I guess it can be just as hard in some way, well, you know, when you're doing all the playing with the I don't say playing with the food, but, you know, um, <laughs> altering the food and having, as you say, lots of things on the plate and um, as t- to keep it simple but have all those flavours shine through, I think... Yeah, you have to know what you're doing to be able to do that, don't you? Yeah, definitely. There is, there is. Yeah, it, it appears, it appears pretty straightforward, but there is, there's, there's, a, there's a skill to being able to, I think, to be able to, um, to do that and and have and have restraints and control over, over what you want to present. Mm. Yeah. So did you approach them to work for them, or how did how did that work? Yeah, I just sent out my CV to a whole bunch of places, and I didn't I didn't realise there was that relationship. Um, I didn't know that she was the executive chef there, or anything like that. I literally just sent out my CV to a whole bunch of places that looked nice, <laughs> and um, they got back to me, and I ended up there, and that was yeah, lots yeah, of fun. Nice. How long were you there? I was there for about a year, 
and then I felt the calling of Christchurch to come back. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. It is interesting, and I really loved the way that you just spoke about last night's dinner and the collaboration with the Māori chefs and the, the waiata and um, the haka and how, you know, how obviously you do have a real um, connection to, to the land here and to, the, to the, that side of things. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I think it's, it's important it's important to honour honour that culture. Um, it's such a strong part of this this country and this landscape and mm. it's um yeah, that connection to the land and and I worked underneath um, Jeremy Ramaka as well in Pacifica restaurant in Napier um, for a couple of years. When you got back? Um, no, no, this was before I went away. Um, and he he certainly kind of um, taught me a lot about um, that side of, of the culture here and his food was, was fascinating. Um, it was, he, was, he was well ahead of his time um, putting um, traditional Māori ingredients and techniques into, into fine dining and, and merging them with you know, Japanese influences and classical French training. And that was, yeah, that was definitely an eye-opener. And, and I took a lot from that restaurant and that experience that, I, that has definitely driven me here now. So, mm. you know... When these guys got in touch about the pop-up, it's you know it's, it's awesome to, to um, collaborate and work with that that culture and 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 present that and, and let, let people present that in, in my space. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, for your space, when you came back, did, was the idea that you wanted to have your own place? I did. Um, it was on the back of like the earthquakes having just happened and Christchurch still being in an absolute state. I came back after about a year in London and. I kind of was seeing and observing this kind of pop-up culture emerging in East London. It was around the time of the Olympics, so there was lots of rejuvenation happening in East London, which is kind of the side of London that I grew up around. And um, there was all these interesting little projects going on in sites around the city that had been neglected and that I kind of knew as a child as these areas that there was nothing really happening and they were being brought to life. And so I kind of felt... I could bring that some of that to here and bring some of that energy to here because I felt that Christchurch needed that. You know, it was in a slump and and it was pretty kind of you know even a year on it was with you know you still feel the repercussions oh, of that earthquake now. Absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, so I just kind of felt the kind of pull to bring some of the energy that I'd seen in, in in regard to that culture and bring it back here and see how I could apply that to to this city and hopefully give this city a bit more energy and. Was it easy to do that? Were people receptive to that? Yeah, they were, because there, there was nothing here. The city was cordoned off, so... Yes, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah. There was um, an arts organisation called Gatfiller who were doing projects all throughout the city, and they built a pizza oven out of um, clay. Um, that was a public oven for people to come into the central city and cook, because there was nothing in there. So I asked them if I could use it to cook for people and, and present people food and... They said yes, and so that kind of started really quickly. And yeah, effectively, I owned a restaurant um, just through asking if I could use an oven, and it was just this clay oven in the middle of rubble and fences and army patrols. Yeah. And there I was cooking pizzas in the middle of central Christchurch when there was nothing else. Amazing. Um, and people were really receptive to that because it was stuff starting to come back even if it was that basic it was stuff starting to come back and I think so yeah I loved what all the things because I had a chat to um, the founder of 
or one of the founders of Gap Filler, and I really loved that idea that they really did sort of make flowers grow amongst the rubble. Like I, it kind of gave people hope and a glimmer of something interesting happening amongst in that time. Yeah, so. definitely. And what it what it crush it could be, you know. And then it was kind of like this has happened and it, and it's devastating, but we can create opportunity through this. And and yeah, you kind of have to. It's not mm. yeah making a real positive change from something that Absolutely. was really devastating. I mean, it quite literally shook all <coughs> of us up. And as you say, you left, and I, I mean, I left, and I'm, I've still left. <laughs> but um, I love coming back. But I just, and seeing, um, I feel like, um, I never wish that the earthquake had happened uh, at all, but Christchurch had become a bit stagnant, and I think um, the creativity that has flourished in the face of adversity has been incredible to see in the way people have come together and looked at things from a different angle. I think that's been really yeah, definitely an, the, an amazing outcome. I think it's definitely shook everyone a little bit and, and made people... Yeah, it's, it's, it's changed. I, I don't think that gatherings would exist if that hadn't happened, and I think it's, that's the case for a lot of places that are beginning to come. After, I think that the culture here has definitely been shaken up a little, and mm. you know, literally, and, and, and um, I think it's definitely given people an opportunity to do things that they may never have done before and never had the opportunity to and mm. people have opened up to those new ideas as well and yeah, it's definitely changed the, the the face of this city for sure. Yeah, so the seed of gatherings <laughs> sorry, there's a pun or not um, for want of a better way of saying it um, so you opened in 2017 yeah. but did that take some getting to from the pizza oven to there? Yeah, like in between that pizza oven thing, I was actually, someone asked me if I wanted to cook in their restaurant and offered me a share in their restaurant. So I became a co-owner of a restaurant, and a proper restaurant, after um, doing the pizza oven project for about, I don't know, maybe nine months or something. Oh, wow. Okay, um, so someone approached me and asked if I'd be interested in in taking over a kitchen, and, and so all of a sudden I found myself as a proper restaurant owner. Um, and so that was on New Regent Street, Again, when there wasn't much left, that was one of the first streets to reopen. And, um, yeah, I ran the little kitchen in there, um, and it was very, very basic because no one had any money. Um, and, and people started to really enjoy what we were doing and what have you. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of... That happened, and then kind of after about a year and a half of that, I kind of decided to take a bit of time out and kind of reevaluate what I was doing and... and um, that's when the kind of ideas for gatherings started beginning to kind of form and you know it was about a year long kind of build up to it I went and worked on an organic vegetable farm which was awesome and that 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 definitely you sowed the seed for gatherings mm. um and and in amongst that I started kind of sharing those ideas that I was picking up on through the farm um through through a series of pop-ups at a space called the Space Academy um which is like a kind of communal kind of um, space. That's like a, it can be anything. It can be a bar. It can be a music venue. It's, it's awesome. And so they let me use their kitchen um, once a week, and I did a series of, of gatherings, pop-ups, to kind of share what I was seeing and experiencing on the farm with with people, and, and to see how they would respond to what it was that I was doing. And, and it was really good. So yeah, after after seeing the reaction I was getting from that and developing these ideas. And then this space became available. Um, I just kind of went for it and, and made it happen as quickly as I could. Mm. Yeah. 
And the philosophy behind gatherings is that it is all from this region, yeah. wine and food, and it's hyper seasonal, isn't it? I mean, you're yeah. With even without even maybe saying seasonal, you're going with what's available. Yeah, definitely. I'd never heard that word um, or that phrase "hunger gap" before that you used on Saturday night. And I yeah. thought that's a really interesting concept. And I guess if you are growing and um, and and getting things from the land, you have to be aware of those in between seasons. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, this this is definitely the most challenging time for that because. Your winter's finished, so the root vegetables that have been in storage start to kind of dwindle around this time. And um, the other stuff isn't quite coming on yet. So it's just effectively just a whole bunch of leaves at this time of year. Mm. Um, And, yeah, it's known as the hunger gap because the new season hasn't quite started. We've used all the resources from the old season, so we're we're here in this little spell Mm. trying to survive it's delicious. We were so full. I love that you came out and went, you know, I've done this, this and this, but it's essentially a plate of leaves. <laughs> and, um, but it was so delicious. So um, so it's vegetarian or vegetable plant-based, what you do, or you've got the seafood option, but, um, but it's not vegan, so you're using butter and cheese yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 That was important. Like, I didn't, I hadn't, I didn't set out to open a vegetarian restaurant. It was more... You know, being inspired from that, that farm, that organic vegetable farm that I worked on and, and wanting to um, highlight what they're doing and, and connect people to that, um, you know, that made made more sense than, than saying this is vegetarian and, and, and putting my, my flag in the ground and because because I don't see it as that. I don't think this is a vegetarian restaurant. It's just a restaurant that that just works with, with, with stuff that's growing in and around the area and that's what I'm trying setting out to achieve through what I do. Yeah. So, so do you have, um, obviously, you have particular suppliers, but do you have a, did you have a, an approach to getting those suppliers? And are you, are you going out there yourself? Or are, you, are they coming to you and telling you what's available and you, then you work from there? Or how does that work? Yeah, it's a constant communication. So, like, originally, when I first started out, no gatherings was the last restaurant I'd met all these different people through visiting markets and just talking to people. There's got a lot of farm, farmers markets here, which is awesome. Um, and then through that, establishing relationships with people and start going and working out on the farm. Um, so we'll try and get out there kind of every every few months and have a chat with um, Gianni and Lorraine, the growers, and you know they'll give us a good indication of, of what's going on and, and what's what they anticipate is going to happen. And you know we we're, we're just yeah, we're just talking like that, and yeah, that's kind of how I keep my kind of yeah. ear to the ground. It's amazing. We were so impressed. That, <coughs> sorry, Mum, um, in particular with your dessert, with your um, yeah. and I love, <laughs> I love your very stripped back approach to um, presenting the dishes too, in terms of how you introduced them when you came out. So the the cornflour because it's a really joyous time of year, <laughs> but it was so seriously delivered that it's like oh. Yes, it is quite joyous, and it was just uh, those flavours were just so good, and that um, pastry was just perfect. <laughs> it was amazing. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. So, where do you get your ideas? I guess I mean, all good chefs are inspired by the produce, but are you um, are you a cookbook person? Are you on Instagram? Like, where are you, <clears throat> where are those ideas coming for those, especially for times like this where it's maybe a bit more challenging to come up with dishes? 
I think it's a bit of everything. You know, I, I like reading cookbooks. So I, I use Instagram. Um, you know, I think going out to and seeing what's going on is good. I think having kind of little to work with kind of forces you to think more. So that definitely drives that. Is how am I gonna, you know, create sustenance and 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 give people a, a meal that they're gonna feel like they've eaten well when you've only got this handful of things available to you. I think that kind of drives that. Um, and, you know, through travel and stuff as well, I think that's, that's, that's a big influence as well, you know, taking ideas from what I've seen in around the world and, and places that I've worked and, yeah, just constantly getting ideas from all different sources, really, you know. Mm. I'll be at a friend's house and they're cooking barbecue and they'll make a sauce or something. And, you know, I, I've got... I like being inquisitive and I like asking people why they've done things and and then yeah and then you learn just so it's just constantly learning and constantly being open to learning and not and and open to learning from anything and anyone and, and not you know only focusing on one style or one thing it's just, it's a constant taking it from many many sources yeah yeah and your sense of satisfaction I guess from um, <clears throat> having your own place and I mean, you're a hatted restaurant. Yeah. Um, is that what you were striving for as a chef, or is it more about the people that are actually in here eating the food? Like, what 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 does success mean to you? What makes you feel happy as a chef? It's making other people happy and and giving them an experience and giving them and showing them something and connecting them with something that they may have never thought about or even considered, and and it's and it's showing them showing them a world that exists here but they might not necessarily have any other means of connecting with that, that world and, and yeah, making people happy that's what I love to do it's nice, it's a nice thing to do it feels good perfect, that'll do, thank okay. you You've been listening to Conversation with a Chef. I'm Jo Ritty, and thank you so much for joining me today. If you'd like to read the full transcript of the conversation, you can go to www.conversationwithachef.com or follow me on Instagram so you'll always be up to date with the latest conversation.